Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Shannon Estenos, Assistant Secretary for Fish and Wildlife and Parks, the Department of Interior. Yes, sir. So I'm a city dude from Philadelphia. <laughs> and I saw this. I said, wow, I don't know what to talk to mm-hmm. talk about. Fish, wildlife, parks, Department of the Interior. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us what all comes under your jurisdiction? Yeah, I like I like to say that I'm the assistant secretary of all the best things, fish and wildlife and parks. Um, I think uh, so I oversee the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and I oversee the National Park Service. So mm-hmm. that's that's a much more familiar, I think, a, a government agency to most folks. So. Uh, the National Park Service, is, its mission is to use the power of place to tell the story of our country. And place carries the physical memory of history. And uh, so we steward places like the Statue of Liberty, the battle, the Gettysburg battlefields, right? Okay. The natural history of the Grand Canyon, everything in between. That's the National Park Service. And... Um, from day one, the Biden administration of the Biden administration, the Interior Department uh, began immediately investing in making sure that we're telling the fullest story of America that we possibly can. So a few years back, there was a big deal, big hullabaloo about Confederate monuments mm-hmm. and things of that nature, memorials, the appropriateness of them. Does that come under your watch? And where do things stand regarding that? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it can. We certainly have a number of memorials and statues that are stewarded by the our various uh, National Park Service sites. But what what we're and, and I think communities have been wrestling with it for all of these years. And many of those communities are deciding to bring those statues down. Um, I think what we're really focused on is making sure that we're telling um, the fullest story of America that we can. So that means not, you know, it, it, it means the store, all of the stories, even the painful stories and even the shameful stories. Um, and we've been investing a lot. This is Black History Month. We've been investing a lot in telling black history because, of course, black history is American history. So if I can give you just an example. Um, so since President Biden was elected, we have invested $193 million in infrastructure and preservation at sites that are related to black history. By the end of this year, so by the end of President Biden's first term, we will have invited, uh, invested an additional 142 million in grants, giving grants to folks who steward a lot of these sites. So these are famous sites like, uh, Selma to Montgomery National Historic Trail, uh, Birmingham Civil Rights National Monument that was established by, uh, by President Obama. Um, we got Booker T. Washington National Monument in Virginia, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. National Historic Site in Georgia, sites like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also investing in national uh, historic sites, national landmarks, over $30 million in historically, historically uh, black colleges and universities. And I've been traveling to a lot of these okay. sites. So, uh, gosh, on the HBCU side, I've been to, gosh, Benedict and Dillard and Jackson State. I've been to Selma. I was just at Fisk two, two weeks ago to see the incredible historic 
um, structures that are there, the, 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 the buildings that are there, and the incredible legacy that those universities have played um, and role that they've played in our country. It's been Where they have to tremendous. become a national park site in order to receive your support? No. And okay. that's the beauty of it. We have a number of, pro of programs where we have the flexibility to help other institutions. They might be HBCUs, they might be local governments or even nonprofits that are stewarding their own historic sites. Mm -hmm. They can come to us and we can partner with them. That's okay. That's the awesome part of the National Park Service. So we commandeered Malcolm X Park in Philadelphia, <laughs> 52nd and Pine Street. <laughs> yeah. We did that. Wow. What do we do to make because you didn't mention Malcolm X in any of your 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 line of people that you've done memorials for, and we would like Malcolm X Park to be designated as such. What would the process be to do that? Yeah. So to be designated as a national park site, um, the, the, the biggest authority resides with Congress. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other designations. There's national historic sites and there's a, so putting it on the national historic register, for example, is a, is a process that begins at the state mm -hmm. level and it comes up through the park service. There are national landmarks. Um, I think the, you know, the best thing if for anywhere in the country for folks who are interested in having a site nationally acknowledged in some way and in the most appropriate way to begin just reaching out to the park service and exploring what the potential and what the most appropriate options are. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm going to go left field and then I'm going to come back here for a okay. minute. Fish and wildlife. Yes. Um, are we in a state right I know there's, there's a school kill in my city mm. and I see people fishing there, mm. but they say I will never eat the fish, <laughs> even though they go fish there all the mm -hmm. time. What's happening such that we can get back to the day where people could go to their local creek or their stream or their lake and fish in the lake? Do you all handle things regarding any of the cleaning or dredging that needs to go along with that process? Yeah. So it's oh my gosh, it's such a great question and such a big question. And I love that you asked it because I know how important it is. I'm also I, I like spend a fish. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you do. And what's good for fish is almost always good for people because mm. it means clean water. It means healthy. Except um, eating them. Healthy water, except for eating. <laughs> that part's not so great for fish, but but it's good for us. Um, what I would say is that our, uh, our department, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, cares a lot about preserving natural areas. And um, we do a tremendous amount of work and a tremendous amount of investment. Um, President Biden's, for example, his Investing in America agenda is investing more than $200 million in, for example, restoring rivers, mm -hmm. right? And, and some of those rivers are, are like I was in Flint, for example, Michigan, and, and I got to see a wonderful project there to remove uh, or to, to uh, update a dam to help right. that river, river be health, healthier. So some of these projects are in urban areas. The other sort of big, big um, area of work that we're investing in is in parks in mm, urban areas. Okay. So this administration believes that no matter what your zip code is, you should have safe and inviting access to the outdoors, to outdoor recreation, fishing, parks, playgrounds, ball fields. They should be um, inviting and they should be accessible. And so we are investing heavily in helping communities kind of meet their hopes and dreams for these outdoor recreation areas. And before, right before we came to office, before President Biden came into office, the budget for this work was zero. We have taken it to $212 million. And I 
have also been traveling all over the country talking to community about what those hopes and dreams are. I've been to Memphis, Nashville, Detroit. I've been to San Francisco, Greensboro. I've been all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I am struck by every single time is not only what the, how big the need is. I've been to St. Louis. I've been, I've been everywhere. How big the need is for young people in particular to have safe places to recreate outside, but also the challenges that communities face. Um, So we have cranked the number up. We are really, really trying to bring federal dollars. Um, And we've also made some program changes that are important that we can invest in big ideas because we know to do work like this in Philly or where I'm from, like in Miami or in San Francisco, it's expensive. Right. You try to do anything in a city, it's it's expensive. So we've increased the size of our grants. We have also doubled down on how important it is to engage community in, in dr- designing these spaces, right? Because okay. what we want is we want to invest in the vision that communities have. We don't want to come into a community and say, this is what you need for a park. We want to hear what do you need and how can we help? And that's what I've been traveling around the country learning about. And it, it is, um, it is incredibly inspiring. I have two questions. Yes, sir. One is going to be left field Uh and one might be in your wheelhouse. Okay. My left field question. I live in Philly. Yes. Where have all of our pigeons gone? And I that asked, is left field question. <laughs> I asked that simply because, you know, as you said, fish and wildlife yeah. and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering, was there a plan to eradicate pigeons because they're gone in the city of Philadelphia now? All and right, I that, grew up with pigeons everywhere. Okay. So I'm going to truthfully answer, I don't know. But then I'm going to zoom out and say to you that observations like you've made about how things have changed, how nature in urban areas have changed is very, very common. I can say the same thing about my home region in South Florida. We used to have frogs everywhere and now there are no frogs. Um, And I think the answer to these questions are always complicated, Mm -hmm. but it's safe to say what I said in the beginning, which is what is generally good for animals and wildlife tends to be pretty good for people. Um, And, you know, birds and fish, they need places to live and they need a clean place to live. And, you know, so, so another, another thing that we're doing, for example, is we've got a program with the Fish and Wildlife Service called the Urban Bird Treaty City, where cities can apply. And, and I'm urban wondering, bird Urban Treaty. Bird Treaty City. And I wonder if, I know, no, I know, but I wonder if Philly is, is one because, um, and what that's all about is how can we plant trees? How can we give wildlife a place to be? Um, and like I said, usually if you're planting trees, that right. tends to be good for people too. So. Okay. I just was wondering whether there was a, an intentional eradication. Not that, not that I know of, but I. I So they're giving me the quick thing, but I I really, I really need to ask this question. I'm sorry. At cultural monuments. Yes. Um, 
they're often under attack depending on like Emmett Till's mind. Mm-hmm. Every time I look up, something happens to mm-hmm. it. I know we just had a big moment in Philly about wanting to take a monument away. Mm-hmm. I think it was Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. As you travel around, what are, what are the racialized dynamics mm-hmm. attached to this my, the monuments that come under your jurisdiction? Well, I mean, I think in my experience and, and we're, so, I'm so grateful that that President Biden, for example, um, you know, did establish the Emmett Till and Mamie Till Mobley National Monument. And that story, and I was very honored to work on that uh, initiative, that that is the kind of story, um, the lynching of Emmett Till, the courage of his mother, and then the fact that she changed the arc of history um, by insisting that the world mm-hmm. face her, her, son's, um, her son's suffering. Uh, that is exactly the kind of story that a national monument should capture. And that's, those are the stories that, um, that we can learn in some ways the most from. And so I think for me, it's really about asking whether or not these monuments are really, are rep- representational enough. And that's what President Biden has really told us to go out and that's the work he's told us to go out and do. Shannon Estenos, Assistant Secretary for Fish and Wildlife and Parks. Not pigeons. (laughs) Department of the Interior. Coming up on the commercial break when we come back. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 